Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Listen, we're, we're going to jump into the Word today. And just, again, just such a joy and privilege to share this time with you today. And so looking forward to what the Lord's going to do here. But listen, we're, we're going to continue this series, How to Change the World. How to Change the World. And, and I, I sincerely believe this is not, this is not some gimmicky message of ser- series of messages. This isn't just something cute to say to you on a Sunday morning. I'm sharing this word because I believe that according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I believe according to the reality of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and His availability to us, that according to the word of the Lord, that you and I have the potential and the power available to us to be world changers in this generation. Do you believe that? So, so we're, we're sharing this word. We've been following, if you're just joining us, we've been tracking with uh, Nehemiah and uh, his feats in rebuilding the city of Jerusalem and not only the city of Jerusalem, but also the society of the Hebrew people. And um, we've just been looking at him and his availability to the Lord to be used by the hand of God and seeing how his availability and his obedience has affected change in that world, in that society. So we're going to jump back in here this week. Nehemiah chapter 8, if you have your Bible with you today. I promise, I promise, I promise, no tricks today. Okay? I'm not, some, so I got some of you last week, I sucked you right in and tricked you, but no tricks this week. I'm going to read it straight out of the Word, okay? And uh, so, so get in here, help me preach, shout amen, and let's go, okay? So uh, we opened our study in the, in the beginning several weeks ago to find a city in ruins, a people displaced, and a man experiencing the call of God to be a world changer, and since then, we've seen Nehemiah answer the call. We've seen the Jewish community pull together to accomplish a great feat in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And we've seen people begin to step up and fulfill roles within the community. And, and now we're at this turning point, and we're going to begin to see the greater impact of that Nehemiah's ministry has had on these people collectively. Let me, let me just share with you really briefly here. Um, Several years ago now at this point, I remember seeing a uh, television interview with Dr. Miles Monroe. And uh, many of you would remember him. He was a rather popular TV uh, televangelist. And uh, he, he said in that interview, he said, the effectiveness of a man's leadership is not found in what happens while he's present. But it is found in what happens after he's gone. The next day, Dr. Monroe died in a plane crash. 
And uh, so, so just somewhat prophetic there, but that has always stuck with me that, that how insightful of a man to realize and be in touch with his own mortality and realize that one day there's coming a moment where the baton has to be passed. We talked about this briefly last week, uh, but we're, we're going to see that here. Um, we've, we've reached this turning point and we're going to begin to see this greater impact of Nehemiah's ministry where it's not just this one man anymore but it is a community that is coming together, that is positioning themselves under the hand of God to say, Lord, here am I. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to serve you. I want to love you. But before I can do any of that, I need to understand you. I need to have a greater understanding of who you are, who I am in you, and what you're calling me to be. So the... There, this is where we begin to see the, the inspiration and the power of influence that he's had over this people. And we're going to see not only an excitement among the people who are working together on a building project, but we're going to begin to see evidence that Nehemiah has truly served as a world changer because the hearts of people are beginning to turn to God. And can I tell you something today, church? Whatever we do in this world, the more that we can turn people's hearts towards God, to the truth of God, is the greater indicator of our impact in the community around us. Amen? Amen. So, Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to jump in here. It says, it says, beginning in verse 1, Now all of the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book... Of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with an understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. From morning until midday. Before the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people. Oh, I love this. I love this. Nobody was clipping their nails. Nobody scrolling their phone. The ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The town is now populated. People are filling those crucial roles. They're meeting the needs and they've been exiled for some time now. And even, even in the time since their return, they've been living outside of the city of Jerusalem. But now they're back, baby. They are, they are back. And not only are they back geographically, but they seem to be back to an understanding that they are a peculiar people, a holy nation, and a royal priesthood. And they are positioning themselves as such. And they begin to call out for the reading and the explanation of the word of God and and so here was a scribe and a teacher whose passion in life was to help people know the law of God and and his name is Ezra and Ezra is pumped can I tell you what if somebody shows up at my office tomorrow morning and says pastor Teach me the word. Yeah. 
I mean, all the way up, psyched, fired up because of the hunger, of the desire to know. And he's, you know, I can imagine Ezra here, he's like, sure, I'll read the word to you. I'll read the word to you until you can't stand for me to read the word to you anymore. I'll just read it from sun up to sundown. And, and this crowd, I want you to look at the crowd that's here. It consists of men and women, young adults, and perhaps even uh, some of the older children, it says, who were all hungry for the word of the Lord. And, and the text specifies that it was all who could understand who were gathered to hear the words. Let me tell you something today, church. There is an importance to discipleship. Do you, do you know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Sometimes we think about discipleship in the terms of servanthood, and that's not to say that discipleship can't happen in servanthood, but discipleship is something different than servanthood. Servanthood is a doing. Discipleship is a becoming. It is, it is me learning Learning and to be a disciple of Jesus means that he is the subject of my interest. That I position myself as a student of Jesus and I train under him with the intent that I become like him. That I become like him. And, and here we are with these people. And I, I just want to stop and make a shameless plug for you right here and say that if you're not involved in a Bible study outside of Sunday morning, if you're not involved with a connect group, if you're not involved with a growth group through the men's or women's ministries, whatever it is, get there. Take that next step. Line upon line, precept upon precept, build on the foundation that is provided for you on Sunday morning. Deepen your understanding, deepen your knowledge of the Word, and begin to grow and flourish in the things of the Spirit. Now, the text specifies here that all who could understand were gathered to hear the Word. That, this indicates that they didn't merely desire to hear Ezra read. They also wanted to understand they longed to grasp their meaning and the application of the scriptures. They, they anticipated that the scriptures would call them to obedience and challenge them to greatness. And I, I think you and I, when we come in on Sunday morning, we ought to have the same expectation that, that we're going to be called to something different. Every time we open the word, we ought to have the expectation that we're going to be called to something different, that we're going to be challenged beyond where we are right now. And I just, I just want to ask you today that if you look back as a, at a survey over your life and you see that year over year over year, decade after decade, there's not much changing and there's a great deal of stagnancy in your life from a spiritual perspective, I would challenge you to say that you need to take an honest look at the discipleship or the commitment to discipleship in your life because you will not look into the reflection of God's glory and not be challenged and not be changed because none of us have arrived as yet. And we should be continually being challenged and, and these people are being challenged here. And my prayer for you today is that through the course of this series, 
You have been reacquainted with your holy purpose as an ambassador of Christ in this generation, a representative of the kingdom of God, and I hope that with that there is a renewed desire to understand, not just to know. Do you know there's a big difference between knowing something and understanding something? Your word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's great. That's step one. But there's a difference between knowing something and understanding a thing. And it requires discipline. It requires giving ourselves to hearing from the Spirit of the Lord through the study of the Word and time spent with the Lord so that the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate our thoughts and open our understanding that, that those precepts and those principles begin to be built in our lives and we understand the Word of the Lord. Now, I would, I would be remiss today not to say that I believe that we live in an age when people are trying to separate their experience with God from the instruction of God. You hear it in the secular music lyrics. You see it on people's social media. You understand it from their testimonies and the way that they're living their lives. They want to they separate their experience with God from the instruction of God. And I want to tell you something, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to be in a good place with God, if you want to truly be what we say we want to be and desire to be, you, those two things are inseparable. You can't have a true experience with God outside the context of scriptural truth. It, it'll only be, you, you may put on a good show, you may look the part, you may talk the talk, but you'll be a mile wide and an inch deep. That's it. And that's, that's not, that's not just, just slang or, or throwing out some kind of, inf that's the honest truth. Is that, 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 that's what it is, it's, just, it's a facade. And too many people today are leaning on their own understanding you know, they, they believe in God when they want to regarding things that they want to. I, I want to believe in God to go to heaven because the alternatives really are hopeless. So I, I want to believe in the redemptive work of Christ to take me to heaven, I just don't want to believe in the power of the Holy Ghost to anoint my life for sanctification here and now that I live to sow to the Spirit and not to the flesh. That's a word. I mean, the whole thing right there. Bang. We, we believe sometimes what we want to believe. We may profess Christ, but we also want to make up our own rules for life as if God doesn't exist. And I want to tell you something today, church. It is, this is so, as, as we see things unfolding in the, in the scope of church life and some of the things that are going on in mainstream denominations and just, you, you look at those things that you look at that make you just scratch your head and go, hmm, how, how, why 
are you pretending to do these things in the name of Christ? But they look so perverse. They look so counter-scriptural. How, how do you reconcile that? I, I'll tell you, we need a revival in the church. We need a revival in the church, and I, I'm not talking about an outpouring of the sensational or the new fad that sweeps through. We need a revival of God's people being first hungry for the word of God and second obedient to the same. Now, Ezra read God's law to the residents of, of Jerusalem, and the Bible indicates that he read the book from daybreak till noon or for about six hours there. And all that time, the people listened attentively to what Ezra read. They were serious about understanding what the Bible had to say. Why? Because understand this scripture is nothing less than God's answer to all the problems and all the situations that we face in this life. All of them. You say, well, pastor, how, how can a book that was written centuries, millennia ago be relevant for me today? Listen, it, it may not be there in name, but it's there in principle. You can find it. It's, it's there in principle. And as we devote ourselves to it, as we commit ourselves to it, and we pray to the Holy Spirit for understanding, for him to open the eyes of our heart, open the ears of our spirit, we will hear the Lord speak to us, and we will hear him call us to greater things. Amen? Now, these, these people, uh, listen, you're, you're beginning to see in this eagerness to hear the word, that there are some important points to make here about not only being eager to hear, but being prepared to hear. I hope you didn't get prepared for worship this morning just as the team was leading us. But that you got up this morning, even last night before you went to bed and said, God, you know what, I'm, I'm going to the house of the Lord tomorrow and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to submit myself to the teaching of the word. And God, would you just speak to me? Would you, would you do a work in my life and help me to be ready to receive? And, and we see this here and, and when we take a look at the next few verses, we see that it's not just some situation where they turned on some audio section of the Bible so that they could hear a little nugget. We live in a soundbite generation. We just, we just, goodness gracious, all, all we've got to do sometimes is hear a phrase and it sets us off. Like we read something on Babylon B and we'll share it like it's the truth and be mad about it. Angry face emojis and everything. And you know, I, I've, there, there's been so many times that I've seen these things go across and, you know, I'll, I'll message that person privately. You know, I don't want to, you know, don't want to offend anybody or upset them, but just say, hey, you, you know, I, it appears that you're really upset over that last post, um, but you know that Babylon B is satire completely. It's not real. And, and just Nuggets. Like we live our lives in 15-second reels and 
we scroll from one thing to the next and nothing really holds our attention for a very long time and we don't have a real deep understanding of things. But I want to tell you something today, church. God is not just a TikTok God. Sometimes we have to sacrifice things. We have to sacrifice time. We have to sacrifice availability. We have to sacrifice our own wants and desires in order to subject ourselves to really getting still before the Lord and digging in and hearing from Him. No, these people went to great lengths to ensure that they didn't just hear the noise of the reading, but they really heard the reading. In fact, they went so far as to not only ensure that they both heard, but they understood what they were hearing. And all all that many of us know of the Bible is what we've heard someone else say. I want you to let that saturate for a minute. Can Can I just, I love, I am flattered. I am flattered on Sunday afternoons, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, whenever it is, I am, I am so flattered and humbled when I'm quoted on social media. I'm like, praise God, they were listening after all. It, it didn't look like it, but it registered. That's good. And, and I, I, I'm just flattered when that happens. But I want to challenge you with this because I do it too. I mean, I quote people, I retweet people, I I get it, I understand it. But let me ask you something. When is the last time that you have shared something that came to you by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and it said, you said, the Lord, you know what? I was studying my word the other day. I was praying the other day. I was in devotion the other day in my quiet time with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I love that you're quoting the preacher, and you should. God bless you for paying attention. But let's have ears that hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the church and that we understand. That we understand. We shouldn't try to survive spiritually on what we've heard someone else say about the Bible. We need a biblical literacy in this generation. And we need an understanding of the Word of God. It's one thing, as I said, to know about something. It's something different to understand it. And I want to tell you something. The abundance of hearing with a lack of understanding is the reason that we fail to see spiritual growth in ourselves from year to year. The abundance of hearing with a lack of understanding is the reason why many of us live defeated and discouraged. Can I tell you that if we really understand the things that we can spout off on command, we would never enter another worship celebration again with a melancholy attitude. Not one time. Not one time. You will get up on Sunday morning. You will say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. My healer, my provider, my sustainer. He is with me. He is overshadowing me. He goes before me. Not today, Satan. Not going to have. My God is victorious and I will be victorious in him. Yes, sir. Now, the the abundance of hearing with a lack of understanding is, is why we live life too ashamed 
of our own shortfalls and frustrations with our own misgivings to feel qualified to reach out to other people, to share with them the hope that we say that we have. And I believe, I believe this is serious. This is really serious here because we talk about often allowing the Lord to use us and having a purpose and having a call and, and God wanting to use... You're, you're a minister? Just look at the person next to you right now and just tell them, you're a minister? You, you are Christ's ambassadors. You don't need a title from the church. You don't need a place on somebody's payroll. You don't need somebody to call you by a specific title. God has already designated you as ambassadors for the kingdom of God. But we, when we lack an understanding of that reality, that God doesn't call perfect people. He perfects those who walk in obedience to his word. An understanding of his word and in that we rise up in that boldness to say you know what okay when somebody comes against you and says listen I, I know what you've been I know who you are you can't come at me with that stuff you'd be like hey guilty you've described me to a T but let me tell you about the work of God's grace in my life and he has not left me the way that he found me but he is transforming me he is changing me he is, he is doing a work in my life I'm not there yet if you perceive the imperfections in me that's okay I'm not there yet but praise God by his grace and his strength and his mercy I'm moving forward in the things of the kingdom won't you come with me You see how that understanding then begins to affect change in the world around us. We begin to, we begin to see that. Listen, the, the, an abundance of hearing with a lack of understanding is why Christian homes fall apart. An abundance of hearing with a lack of understanding is what led the writer to the Hebrews to say, you have been believers for so long that you ought to be teaching others, but instead you need someone else to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. And all these things that I've mentioned here, as a result of a lack of understanding, this is just how it impacts people of faith. Let's talk for a minute about how the church's lack of understanding of scriptural and spiritual things begins to impact people around us. Because it's not just a matter that we're not impacting the world sometimes. Sometimes it's the issue of how we are negatively impacting the world. Listen, I, I like I appreciate that we can just snap to judgments. That we can just make up our mind about somebody on sight. And, and, and apply a hard and fast rule to their lives that is really a personal conviction of ours. And we can't find any support for it in scripture that we ought to lay that burden on them. But it happens. It happens. Why? Because we haven't understood the word. We haven't understood the context that it was shared in. We don't know the situation of the people to whom that word was written. We've not taken the time to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to a 
specific people at a specific time and furthermore than that we don't even take the time to get to know the person that we're judging before we cast the judgment on them so what do we do we go to them with a misapplied word and turn them off from all things christian i'm not saying to augment the truth not one bit but i'm just saying i've heard so many people very boastfully share with me the way that they shared truth with somebody. I'm like, wow, we'll never see or hear from them again. Because a lack of understanding impacted the approach and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't approach them with the truth with the same mercy, with the same grace that God breathed it over our lives you you realize in romans the book of romans it says that god demonstrates his love towards us in this that while we were yet sinners that is scandalous what i mean what What do you make of a church that so understands the truth of God's word, his grace, his mercy, and what he wants to do in transforming and changing a life that it loves sinners? Why? But if we get into that word, we understand that word, we are confident in that word then we operate with a different sensibility to the world around us we're moved by compassion not by judgment we're moved by the voice of the Holy Spirit that says Jesus would have left the 99 for that one Jesus didn't join in the stoning of the adulterous woman. Jesus didn't shun the woman at the well. Jesus didn't refrain from touching the leper. And I want to tell you something today, church, a church that has no tolerance for touching the lost, for touching the spiritually dead things. A is a church who doesn't fully grasp and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's not the well that have need of a physician. But it's the sick, it's the hurting, it's the lonely. And I'm telling you today, church, that as we begin to have an understanding and seek and a desire to to understand the word of the Lord and have it transform us from the inside out, that is going to begin to change the world. You can be a world changer. These people were serious about understanding the word, and I've got to hurry up, but let's let's look together how how this thing went down. Jump back into verse 5. Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them and he, as he opened it, the people all stood up. 
And Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And then they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. And they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Can I tell you something today, church? It's more important that you understand a verse that you read than it is that you complete your daily reading chart. If you walk away understanding one principle, then tomorrow it's principle upon principle, line upon line, precept upon precept. Faith begins to build and to grow. And I I don't know if you noted the turn in this verse or not, but the whole reason we open the book to find Jerusalem in ruins as it is or as it was is because the Jewish people were in a state of spiritual rebellion. For years they had ignored the commands of God. Now, having a hunger and a hearing, they repent of their wickedness. They mourn. Their mourning has turned to joy. And because they not only hear, but now they also do, they are being restored to greatness again. And I want to invite you to stand all over this sanctuary today. And just say, church, we must come to a place as the people of God that we not only hear but we also do the word of God and we can't do things that we don't understand and then we will truly be world changers listen show of hands who understands life you got me I don't understand it And you may never fully grasp all of the mysteries of God. I get it. I understand that. But today, people of God, if we're going to be people who change the world, we're going to be men and women who are hungry for the Word of God. And if we're going to change the world, we'll first have to have an accurate understanding of the world that we're in to the best of our ability in the shape in which it stands and the truth of its condition as told in the Bible. Listen, the truth of everything that you look around and see, it's not the fault of the politician. It's not the fault of popular entertainment, pop culture. It's the fault that we live in a broken world, a fallen world, a sinful world. And the only thing necessary for it to prevail is for the people of God to not rise up in an understanding of the word and boldly proclaim, thus says the Lord. So here's what's required. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Church, I, I, I want to declare right now increase over this body. 
I, I want to declare right now an impact in the spirit as men and women of God are beginning to rise up and seek the Lord and set their hearts to understand the Word of God and to be faithful witnesses of the same in this world around us. I'm just declaring increase. I'm declaring favor. I'm declaring the blessing of God right now. And it will be that you will look around and you will begin to see God doing miraculous things that we can't understand. I believe that as we move in faith to the Word of God. Do you receive it today? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.